What's up, everybody? Welcome to Three Wide in the Middle with me, Thomas Brandon, and back this week. My man, Keith Bradley. Keith, how you feeling? Missed you last week, like man. I feel like I'm from the dead between having <laughs> either a little, little touch of food poisoning, sleep deprived, deprived um, stomach bug possibly, don't know. All I know is working every day is for the wolves, like I told you off air. Yes. Like for for all the listeners listening, on my work schedule, I have I'm spoiled. I work three days off four, work four off three, and now we got a guy out for surgery and marking every day but Fridays, and it it sucks. <laughs> that's that's rough, man. Yeah, I got this week. We're doing so. This last weekend was my first um, weekend off this year. It was the first time in 2023 that I had Saturday and Sunday off. And um, yeah, it was it was nice. It was really nice. Now, this weekend, I'm not going to get that. I'm going to be working again. My wife's also going to be working. She started a new job, which is cool because she's been wanting to start this new job. Um, and so she'll be closer and have a better schedule and stuff. So that's that's good. Awesome. Yeah, because we're that looking awesome. at yeah we're looking at houses right now. I don't know if we're gonna be able to buy one because the market in Cal. I mean, wherever you're living at, outside of like Texas or Nashville, right? Like outside of Austin, Texas or Nashville, Tennessee, because everybody seems to be moving to those two places. California is still screwed. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> so ridiculous. We went and looked at this house. It was $330,000, $330,000. This thing was horrible. It was horrible. Like, it was literally, literally, it had, it was, the wood was rotten out on the fascia because the house is built in like the 20s and it never had any gutters. The flooring that they did was not good. They, for some reason, and I don't know why they dropped well, they raise the flooring. You walk into the living room. I'm, you guys, I am five foot eight on a very good day in boots. Okay. I'm like five, seven, right? <laughs> I got the and, same problem. <laughs> yeah. And w- when I can walk into a house and I can, li- I can literally stand flat footed, reach up and put my palm on the ceiling of the living room. That's a problem. Okay. That's not that houses aren't built like that. That's not standard. Even back in the twenties, that wasn't standard. So for whatever reason, they lowered the ceiling or raised the floors. I mean, they just had all this shoddy stuff that they did to it. The windows in it were like 40 years old and they want 300 some thousand dollars for it. Then we go see a house that was like 300,000, right? $30,000 left. And this house, you're like, how is this thing even standing? How is this thing even passing code to sell? Like that was the difference. And you're looking at it and it's it's only thirty thousand dollars, right? Thirty thousand dollars is a lot of money, but when you're talking about spending three hundred on a house, thirty thousand dollars is nothing to have a house that at least will pass code and one that you're like, I wouldn't want my kids to live in this. You know what I mean? So it's been ridiculous looking at this stuff. And for my wife to buy be getting what will be a better job and closer and all that stuff like that, it's like, okay. That's good because if we're gonna actually do this, we've got we've got to have you know a better situation with her job because her commuting and all that stuff, it sucks, man. It blows, dude. You and know, I just yeah. 
It's a sign, Tommy. I hope it's a so. Sign to come to the Midwest. I, dude, if I'm Where telling you, living's a little cheaper. Yeah, not much, <laughs> but I mean, I honestly, I would love to. You know, if it wasn't for our families are all here, and not just our families being here, but both sides, my wife's side and my side, we have older members of the family. You know that are. Just, you know, we don't know how much longer. I mean, they could be here another year. They could be here another 10 years. We don't know, right? And when you've, yeah, got, when you've got great grandkids, you know, they're, they're great grandkids, it, it's kind of hard to take yeah, them away, you know? So that's one of the reasons why we, you know, because we've talked about it and, we, and, and that's in the cards after my son is out of high school. So, I mean, we've got, you know, another seven, eight years here in California where it's like, let's go somewhere else. Let's go to another state. Yeah, because we would have left yeah. California a long time ago if it wasn't for my daughter. So Yeah, I don't I don't blame you. Yeah. Um, before we get started, I want to give a shout-out to a friend of mine, Hunter right. Parsons. I met him through a league on iRacing. How convenient. Yeah, exactly. Like full <laughs> circle friends here. Um, but I want to give a big shout-out to him. A big congratulations to him. He just uh, took a job with Joe Gibbs Racing in their graphic nice. design final department. So I want to want to give big congratulations to Hunter. Um, I'm excited for him. I'm excited to to see him go on this new adventure. It's freaking awesome. It's exciting. That's awesome, man. That's freaking cool, dude. I love hearing stories like that. Yeah, cool. so the cars that JGR took to Kansas, he he helped wrap. That was part of his test and he sent me a message and was like, "Hey, I got that job and I was like, that's freaking awesome. That is awesome. That is. Yeah. You know, um, it's pretty incredible. You know, NASCAR teams are literally looking more to the sim world to bring people, you know, Keegan Leahy got hired with uh, what was it? 2311. Yeah. You know, Coke series champion. And he's brought in, you know, sim, the sim is such a big aspect of what the NASCAR drivers do now. Yeah. It's huge. And so, um, that's really cool to see that you got a you know a graphic designer who you meet in the sim like he's you know that's I I really think we've talked about this before where the um uh the the tool that iRacing can be for NASCAR right, right. is and is still I think there's still a lot that a lot more that they can do with it and I think what's even neater is he found the job ad on TikTok. Yeah. So, so he applied and was like, well, we'll see what happens. And yeah. I was like, dude, that's awesome. That is great. I will tell you right now, if there was ever a time to get a job in NASCAR, this is the now's, time. Now's the time to it do it. It is the time. There's, yeah. I wish that it was like this. Everywhere. Yeah. I wish it was like this when I had gone to North Carolina. Um, I moved to North Carolina in my early 20s. I think I was 20 or 21. 21. They did all... After I had blown out my knee and I realized I was not going to play college sports, <clears throat> and let's not get it twisted, I was. It's not like I was going to Oklahoma or Alabama or something. I was going to be playing at some very small time college, right? But I was going to get an education out of it. That was the whole purpose of it. And once I realized I was not going to be able to do that, you know, racing was something I'd always done. I'd always wanted to work in racing. I had been working on the cars and setting them up and stuff like that since I was like 13, 14 years old. And so it was like, well, I'll just go to North Carolina and see what I can do, see what I can find a job. 
And, um, you know, back then they had a lot of these, what were called five off five on schools, which were like pit crew schools because being on a pit crew back then is not like it is now. Okay. Um, even back then in the early two thousands, right. You did not cause these guys now, these guys are legit top shelf athletes, right? Oh, You're yeah, talking, they're these guys are. These guys are former NFL players, former NBA yep. players, right? Like these are the guys that these are the ones that don't get drafted into the NFL and then they're on a pit crew. Okay. So these guys are insane athletes. Back and then it was paid, like, yeah. getting paid an enormous amount of money to yes. change a single lug nut. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Um, but back then, you know, if you were on a, you know, to get on a pit crew, like you were, you were the guy who also worked on the car during the week. You were a mechanic. These guys don't know anything about the cars, really. They're just, they, all they do is change tires, right? Or, you know, that's it. Uh, and it, and a good example is Steve Letarte. Yeah. He started as a pit crew guy, went, mm -hmm. went from a pit crew guy to, I think, a mechanic. Yep. And then into a uh, crew chief role. Yep. So I went back to North Carolina. I've told the story before. I went back there. I really didn't have a plan. My buddy Lee was working for Casey Kane Racing at the time, which was, uh, um, I think Joey Saldana was the driver of the sprint car at that time. My buddy was on that team, um, on the sprint car team. There were, you know, there was only like two or three of them. You don't run a big team even on the Outlaw Tour. And uh, I moved back in with him, and I was there for a couple of months. Um, I had no idea what I was going to do. I just wanted to get a job in racing. And, um, I met, I had a way in. Um, I met Jarrett Johnson, Jimmy Johnson's little brother. I met him at a bar and we drank one night and talked. He gave me his card, said, give him a call. He was working at some seat shop. I can't remember who it was. It might've been actually LaJoy seats. If I'm remembering correctly, I could be wrong about that. But he asked me, he's like, can you TIG weld? I was like, yeah. I can TIG weld, I can TIG weld aluminum, you know, stainless steel, chrome molly. And he was like, give me a call. He goes, I can, I can get you in. He goes, if you're trying to go through one of these five off, five on schools, he goes, it's a waste of time. Don't do it. He goes, if you really want to do this, if you're really dedicated, you know, you're going to have to just start at the bottom and work your way up. I was like, that's why I'm here. And, uh, it was like two days later, my knee went out on me and I was dragging it behind me again. Cause at that time I'd already had like three surgeries. I was also a drug addict at that time too. Let's let's be honest. I was I was full blown opiate addict at that time, and I was like, yeah, this ain't gonna work. I can't I can't be back here pulling my leg behind me in a wagon because I can't walk on it, and also screwed up on on oxycotton's. So so that was my big venture into NASCAR. But I say all of that to say I wish it had been um, as opportunistic as it is now because back then, you know. I could have applied for stuff just online. I could have gone back there already having a job or a potential job as opposed to having to go back there and kind of like just walk around and search, you know, hope I meet someone in a bar type of deal. So, yeah. you know, yeah, if you want a job in NASCAR right now, it is literally the time to do it. If you know anything about what they're doing, um, you know, you can do it and you, you know, there's still room to grow there. You know, I know a lot of the, the setup people and stuff like that. It's all engineers and stuff. But there's still some old school guys in there and they still figure stuff out, you know, um, and it can matter. You know what I mean? It, it can make a difference. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know um, how much I obviously we, we've talked about it before that NASCAR, NASCAR and iRacing 
and the, and the teams also in NASCAR, they work together with iRacing. They share a lot of data um, to help improve the car. One of the main reasons for that is, is the drivers in NASCAR use the iRacing platform to practice. Like that's what they do. Now, I think they have a, a tire model that the teams, the manufacturers get the data on. Or so I, don't, I don't know exactly how that works. I don't think they're using the iRacing tire model the way that it is. I think they modify it or something. But I just know that the the complexity of that of that current car in the sim is insane, right? The amount of time I spend testing and tweaking and trying to figure looking at data on a sim um is insane. I can't imagine how much those engineers are doing, right? How much time that they're spending looking at data and and this car is so complex. Um, you know, I heard Corey LaJoy talk about this and I was saying this during my live stream, um, just a few nights ago, one or two, a half a turn on the right rear is huge on this car. It's huge. It can take a bad car and make it good. Like that's not an exaggeration that's in the sim. Well, apparently it's like that in real life too. Like a quarter pound of air pressure is like, oh my God the difference between your car sucking and your car being amazing. These cars are so aerosensitive. So, you know, to, to, to work on that aspect of it, you might need a you know, mechanical engineering degree, but everything else from what I've heard, they're like, can't find enough people for. So freaking yeah. science degree. Yeah. It's, it's insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The days of Jake Elder sitting on a spring going here, put this one in the right front. Those days are long yeah, gone. Those are the, yeah. <laughs> no, maybe in so, the Xfinity truck series, but yeah, they still got a little I, bit of that. Yeah. But even in cut. those cars, you know, I mean, the, the Xfinity, they don't coil bind, but like the trucks, you know, the, they're coil binding that front end and you got to be able to calculate, you know, hey, this is how much deflection we got. This is how much that springs in a drop. Like you get, it's, it's fairly advanced, you know, it's, it's not crazy like the, the next gen cars are, but you know, those, those trucks are very aero dependent as well. You know what I mean? Like being able to block air and use air, it's, it's insane. So yeah, it's a. Uh, Who'd ever thunk it, you know, that we'd be where we're at right now with NASCAR, you know, as advanced as it is, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Three years ago or two, four years ago, we'd never think that we'd have a next gen car the way we have it now. And now it's, I don't know whether it's good or bad. Yeah. Well, you know, we didn't get a chance to talk after the race at Kansas and I thought that was the best race of the year. I, I actually thought that that was one of the best races on, in the last couple of years. I loved it. I think I'm going to agree. Between that and Auto Club, I keep going back and forth. With Auto Club was an amazing race, too. It really uh, was. Auto Club has been phenomenal with this new car. Mm-hmm. It almost makes me want to sit in my chair and cry that they're turning it into a short track. Then you turn around and watch Kansas, and it's like, okay, that's offensive blow. A touch mm-hmm. now if only the rest of the mile and a half could be the same way that'd be great but unfortunately yeah. you get the good with the bad and the bad with the good yeah you know i i really liked kansas i thought it was an incredible race um uh, you know that apparently is what this car needs it needs multi-groove racetracks you know some oh, some form of with the current and let me clarify with the current package right now, okay? If you're going to run this 670 
package with the four inch sp uh, spoiler on these, you know, intermediate tracks, it needs the a wide, progressively banked track where you can run multiple grooves because these cars have to be able to get some form of clean air when they're trying to pass. Right? They they have to. You look at that move that Denny did on Larson, and not just to catch him, but also to pass him there at the end, <clears throat> where. Larson's running on the wall and Denny's going down low. Denny's going down low because Denny needs clean air. If he were to follow Larson, he's not going to get a run. He's just not because the air is too dirty and it affects that car way too much. So he goes low. Larson actually hits the wall, scrapes the wall right before Denny gets into him. Denny did not wreck Larson. Larson bounced off the wall and he ends up getting the win. But that type of racing, it's awesome. I love it because we see the same thing on the dirt side, right, Keith? That's a, that's exactly what we see on the dirt side, where there will be a dominant line, right? It's almost an it, it's it's almost impossible to avoid. It's very rare, even on the outlaw tour, it's very rare that you're going to have the top and the bottom be identical in speed. It's it's almost yeah, impossible. I've never seen it like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's almost impossible. Now you might have people who set their cars up to run one over the other. And so they will have a bit of an advantage on one of those lines, but never, you know, all things being equal, never you're, are you going to be like, Oh, this line is exactly the same speed as this line. It's just not possible. Okay. There, there's, there's too many variables and stuff like that, but you'll see it where you've got somebody, you know, maybe you'll have first and second place. They're both running the high line. And then all of a sudden what happens, you know, second place gets that run. They throw it down onto the bottom, right? They've got to have that, you know, even especially with those wings, air matters and they've got to get that run and they've got to clear that guy and they'll throw a slider and it's amazing. And that's what we saw at Kansas in these cup cars where there's multiple grooves. You could run the top, the middle, the bottom. You could do slider like lines where you're literally dive bombing down low and come drifting all the way up the track in front of them. Like it was, it was incredible. So yeah, I loved it. Um, I wish we could have more races like Kansas. Obviously, we don't want it to be ridiculous, right? We don't want every track to end up as a mile and a half because they've done that before and it it made the product horrible. But right now with this current package, I think the Kansas, you know, Fontana, um, I do think Charlotte's going to be a good race too because you, you, once again, it's not progressively banked like Kansas, but it's multiple grooves. You can run the top, you can run the bottom. It's obviously the track is going to change a lot over the course of 600 miles. Um, and I thought Darlington was a good race too. I got to admit, I, I thought Darlington was a pretty good race for Darlington standards. What'd you think of and, the race? And I agree. Um, Darlington was pretty, pretty good. It was, it wasn't boring. It wasn't a snooze fest. It was good. Um, I have high hopes for the Coke 600 in two weeks. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like it's going to be a really good race. It put on a really good race last year. Um, but back to Darlington, I think, I think it was overall a better Darlington race than definitely last year. Yes. Yep. For sure. Um, now flip side, I think the Xfinity series won the weekend. That race was sure. incredible. Oh my God. It, I don't know what it is with the Xfinity car at Darlington, but you always see a really good finish. Yep. Yeah, I don't know what it is neither. I don't know if it's that. I'm not going to complain about it either. <laughs> no, it was a it was a great race, you know. And I don't know if it it's if it's that cars um 
you know, lack of downforce, right? You know, if you look at Darlington, it's it's just over one mile. You've got two very distinct corners. It's shaped like an egg. And for all the speed that they carry there, once those tires fall off some, and those tires fall off very fast there, Darlington, right? You're talking literally seven, eight laps, and they've already lost, you know, a few tenths. Um, you know, the mechanical grip side of things really comes into play. And this is where you can start to see, you know, a really good driver, even if their car is only okay, um, come alive. And obviously we saw what Kyle Larson did in that race, which was incredible. And, um, even, you know, John, John Hunter Nemechek, I mean, he had a phenomenal run as well. So yeah, I'm with you. The Xfinity race was awesome. And I think that goes for like 95% of the Xfinity races. They've all been pretty dang good, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, the cup race was really good too. I mean, it wasn't nearly as spectacular as the Xfinity race, but it, it, it had some twists and some odd turns for sure. Yeah, it did. It did definitely. Thanks to, thanks to Ross. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ross, I, a man is um he's just a magnet for controversy so yeah we'll we'll get into ross here in in a few minutes when we get to hit or miss and and i do want to say one thing since i missed last week i gotta give props to noah gregson granted yeah he got he got thumped but we we sat here on this podcast and everybody else doing their podcast saying well somebody needs to stand up and fucking just do something yeah approach him well yep. noah did i mean granted he got thumped yeah but he, he he basically did what everybody was talking about doing yep um, exactly now flip side i think whoever that security guard is that deflected noah's punch should have allowed noah to at least retaliate now i'm not going to sit here and say i agree with the fist fighting on pit road yeah it, it makes it exciting but if you're going to allow one guy to get one hit in, you got to allow the other guy to get a hit in. Yeah, I'm with you. I would and like to have seen hands and be done with it. Yeah, yeah. I would I would have liked to have seen Noah at least get his shot in. Um I understand it like I talked about last week in my rant, you know, those of you who saying Ross it was a cheap shot, you're an idiot and you do, you've you've either never been in a fight or you just flat out don't know what you're talking about. The moment someone puts their hands on you, it's go time. If someone's got their hands on you and you tell them to stop multiple times, I've to me it's it's game over. Yeah, it's there you should have already punched them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um I I get it. Uh or I understand it. I totally am 100% if I was Ross, I'd have done the same thing, especially with someone like Noah. Noah's a big boy, okay? Noah Noah's if if Noah did that to me, I mean, first of all, I would need a stack of phone books to reach his face, but but second, I mean, I I would have hit him the moment he touched me because I'm looking for every angle I can get on that guy. I mean, he he's a big yeah. boy. So any advantage. I need yeah, any and definitely, every advantage. Definitely because he's gonna <laughs> pound me. So, you know, I I completely get it from Ross's point of view. And then I like I said, I wish Noah could have at least got his one shot because Noah threw Noah threw one and uh it just it got stopped by the security guard. Um, yeah. so yeah. I'm and, with you. I don't want I don't want knockdown drag out fights. No, I mean obviously no, the seventy nine day Tona made NASCAR famous, but we don't need that happening. No. 
No, yeah. no I'm, I'm not saying we need to turn it into a hockey fight. Yeah, exactly. But if one guy throws a punch and lands it, give the other guy an opportunity yeah. to do the same thing and yeah. then be done with it. Break it yeah. up, separate them. I'm sure they had words either in the bus lot, airport back. They trained together, so that's a twist. Um, yeah. Ross's crew chief is Noah's manager, so it's it's, it's freaking weird and funny yeah. and crazy at the same time. So, I well, mean, I just... According I, to Noah, or according to Ross, he said they squashed it. You know, they talked it out and fixed it this last week. You know, he was saying that before the race at Darlington, so... Yeah, and and that's good. That's good for both sides. Um, but man, I if you're not a fan of Noah, that should have made you a fan. And if if you got something to complain about Noah about it, at least look at it from the bigger perspective of last year, where everybody's like, well, somebody's got to confront him. Well, who's gonna freaking do it? And then yeah. Brennan Poole runs his mouth about him and doesn't do nothing. Well, Noah might have tried but i gotta give him i gotta i gotta give him a round of applause at least mm-hmm. he tried yeah he gets an a for effort definitely. oh yeah 100 percent. now granted yeah he got thumped and i watched the mm-hmm. video from pit road not the tv version and you could you could hear the punch <laughs> like yeah it, it's, it, almost, uh, it's almost it's like a... it woke up everybody else and was like all right let's let's not if you're gonna approach ross get the first hit in walk away yeah so I don't, I don't see too many more people confronting him like that. Um, no, and, and he's a farmer. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> well, I'm saying that's what I said last week. I'm like Ross is, he's, um, he's a real, he's a man's man, right? He's what we think of NASCAR was, you know, 30 years ago, right? The, the. That image, yeah, that image of that guy who's working at, you know, the steel mill Monday through Friday and then racing on the weekends, hoping to get a, a ride in the cup series. So like that, that's what he is. And, um, you know, the dude's farming watermelons and, <laughs> and racing cup on the weekend. So yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting, but yeah, I'm with you. Um, you know, you want to let each of them get their shots in whatever I, you know, I've heard people, I, you let them let them do like a hockey fight. I, I mean, there's instances I would think I would love to see that, but for the most part, I don't want to see that. No. You know, when I think of fighting like that, I think of my local dirt track when I was growing up. You know, and I just and when I think of that, I think of a bunch of you know rednecks getting drunk every weekend about their fist fighting. Like that's what it was. You know, it's just it's just a bunch of idiots fighting over stupid shit. I mean. I'll never forget one time. <clears throat> and this guy ended up being my high school football coach. This guy, I won't say his name. Well, let's call him Dave. So Dave and Dave's a big boy and Dave was nuts. And they had ran, I don't know, the bombers or the street stocks or something like that. And one guy had got bumped into by Dave. And so him and his three buddies came over to Dave's pit and wanted to fight him. And so Dave says, I'll fight all four of you, but one at a time and proceeded to knock all four of them out. Like it was like something you would see in a movie, right? It's like one of them Bruce Lee movies, right? <laughs> we, can say, we can fight one-on-one or we can fight all together, right? Like it was something like that and proceeded to knock them all out. And when I was a kid, I was like, oh my God, I was shocked by that, right? Because I was like eight or nine years old when this happened. And... I remember that to this day. And when I think of fighting at a racetrack, that's what I think of. 
And I don't want to, I don't want that perception of NASCAR. Like I said, we think about the 79 Daytona and what it did to to grow the sport and put it on the map and stuff like that. But we don't want that every time there's a confrontation. We no. don't need that brawl, you know, with all the people jumping into it and and you know, it, it we it's just no. So yeah. Um, let them, let, let each of them have a shot and then, and then break it up, move on. And I like Kevin Harvick's opinion on it. Like with this new car, like the Bubba Kyle Larson stuff, now that I've had a year to really think about Mm -hmm. it. And then what Kevin Harvick said, it, it really changed my mind on the whole perception of the fighting with this new car. You don't know injury wise with these guys. I mean, what if, what if, what if you, you wreck me and I have a mild concussion and we start to fight and you you land a good hit on my head and it knocks me out. Then what happens? Yeah. yeah. What happens next? What's the next step here? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you is hit the someone fighting... wrong and they get a, they get a bleed in their brain or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, something serious could happen now. Granted. Yeah. Fighting's going to be a part of racing. It always will be. Yes. You'll never get rid of it, but they're leave it to the bus lot. Leave it in the bus lot. After the race is over, no fans are around. I know it's exciting and, and you're going to have heated temp tempers in and you just ain't going to get away from it, but it's not really a good look on the sport right now. No, like it's I'm not. a firm believer before the fight. No, Gregson's probably the lock on the fan vote. He probably isn't now. <laughs> no. <laughs> yep. You're right. So. Yeah. All right. So. We are going to take a quick break. That was um, one hell of an open, and we just kind of talked about a bunch of stuff. But we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we've got hit or miss. Um, we've got our dirt track roundup, our NASCAR pick them, um, plus another uh, ask three wide question, which is really, really good. So stick around because we'll be back with all of that in just a second. Today's episode is brought to you by Produxa. Look, you guys, when it comes to protecting and adding a mirror-like shine to your surfaces, you pretty much have two options. You can go with one of those low, you know, quality products out there, uh, you know, do the old school, like my parents used to do, use the old dish soap to wash your car, or you can go with Produxa. You guys, I've personally used this stuff, and it works incredible, man. Whether it's their ceramic coating, their wash, their tire shine, and it not only looks great, but it's super easy to use. I mean, my 10-year-old son was helping me use this stuff, and we used it on my daughter's car, and the car literally looked new. And my daughter's 17, so you can imagine that the car did not look new before we washed it. So if you want to actually give your car a mirror-like shine while in the process protecting it, head over to Produxa.com or the link down in the description below and check out their full line of products today. I can promise you, you will love them. All right, it is now time for our hit or miss portion of the show. Um, We've got, looks like we got five questions this week. Um, It's kind of funny because two drivers are really the ones that we're going to be talking about. In hit or miss. So, first up, Kyle Larson got the win Saturday's Xfinity race over John Hunter Nemechek. What was funny is Kyle Larson got blasted on social media. And all of it 
I thought was moronic. What really set me off was the idiot who said Kyle Larson is not racing for points, which is dumb because the team owner is. All right. So there's our context. So Keith, hit or miss the mark. All of these guys saying that these drivers who come down and run Xfinity are not racing for points are absolute morons. Hit or miss the mark. Uh, it's the mark a hundred yeah, times. Thank over you. And over, thank over you. And, over again. <laughs> and, and this was my complaint when people were bitching about Kyle Busch and then mm -hmm. they made the role for it. Well, not only is Kyle helping these young kids. Yes. Because it's not every day you get to learn from Kyle. Granted, yeah, you're not physically learning, but you're watching what he's doing. Not only that, he's bringing eyes into the lower-tiered series. Definitely. He's bringing in sponsors to the lower-tiered series. He's got teams. Not only that, but they're also racing for an owner's championship. Yes, which is a lot of money on the line. A lot of the money line. on the line. Mm -hmm. Granted, yeah, is it field with a full-time driver? No, it's not. Nope. But... They're still racing for owner points. It's no different than the Cup Series when they switched Bubba and and uh, Ty Gibbs. Mm -hmm. No different. Yep, it's absolutely one hundred percent. Yeah, like like the championship itself pays the most money. Yes, we all know this. But the owners' championship is it's a lot me, of money. Is it? Well, it's a ton of money, and I think it's mm -hmm. a little more prestigious on the ownership side because then the owner can say. My team's better than yours. Yes, absolutely. The whole organization's better than yours. Absolutely. You know, so, I, I mean, I'm with you, man. The guy that I that I um, got into midget racing with, he was his name was Terry Caves, and for years, years leading up to when I started working for him, and when I started working for him, that's when they formed uh, CMR, which was Caves Matthews Racing, and Ron Matthews, who I've talked about before. Got me my first outlaw card and stuff like that. His son, Shane, was who they put in the car. We had another driver, John Sorali. Those were the two full-time drivers. Up till then, Terry had always ran a bunch of different drivers. And he would basically win the owner's championship every year in the BCRA, back when the BCRA was a real big deal. Um, and not the driver's championship. Well, it's because he would run you know, five races with Ronnie Day and then he'd have Ken Schrader show up and run and he'd have Tony Stewart show up and run. Like he had like all these like heavy hitters who would come in and run his midget and he would win the owner's championship, right? He did it all the time. Well, it's no different in the Xfinity series, right? When you can have Kyle Larson come down, Kyle Busch come down, right? Even an AJ Allmendinger if he comes down and runs your road races or whatever. When you can have these guys come do that and you can be at the top of the ownership standings, that's a big deal for your team. Because let's be honest, when you look at the Xfinity series, minus the cup drivers who are coming down, how many legit drivers are there, right? We can count them on what? Two hands and have a few fingers left over. You know what I mean? When you're talking about a John Hunter Nemechek, a Josh Berry, right? Like there's a few really good Xfinity drivers. And then you've got a bunch of other guys who are, they're good for what they do, right? But they're not superstar. They're not cup bound. You know what I mean? So to me, I'm with you. It puts eyes on the sport. It gives these guys a measuring stick. You know what I mean? You go listen to people who talk about running the Xfinity series against Mark Martin, 
right? You go listen to people like Dale Earnhardt Jr., Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex, uh, Matt Kenseth. These guys who, when Martin, Martin raced the Xfinity Series back then, the Bush Series, all the time. They ran it all the time. They knew where they stood. And when they could beat him, it was like, dude, I can beat Mark Martin, right? That's a huge confident boost. You know, John Hunter Nemechek running with Kyle Larson, right? Considered to be the best driver in the sport right now. So I'm with you. You guys saying that you're idiots. You don't know what you're talking about. You are either A, a John Hunter Nemechek fan and you want to bitch at Kyle Larson or B, you hate Kyle Larson and you want to bitch at Kyle Larson. You're just looking for a reason to get mad. And it's the same fans that are saying, well, Kyle doesn't need to lower standards and go racist dirt stuff. Which is stupid. Because if anybody's saying that, sit down and watch the new show on Fox Sports 1, yes. Dirt, and listen to what he says. Yep. You guys are idiots. He's not lowering a standard about. at all. No. I mean, just... He's racing this, with this, the best dirt drivers out there. The people who say yeah, that are just oh, idiots. They're oh, just idiots. And, and everybody's got an opinion. It's mm-hmm. cool. You're allowed to have your opinion. Opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got yep. one. You're allowed but to have an opinion. To, and I'm to allowed to have my idiot, opinion I'm, of you. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and and I hate seeing this shit on, on social media. Like, well, they shouldn't be running. They're not racing for nothing. No, yeah. they are. Not only yeah. are they racing for a paycheck and a trophy, mm-hmm. but they're trying to help that team win the owner's championship also. Yep. No, exactly. I'm not saying... <clears throat> I'm not saying they should pull Kevin Harvick and run both seasons, yes. both schedules full-time. I'm not saying that at all. But if Stuart Haas starts a third Xfinity team for either Ford Performance Development drivers and, and sprinkle in some cup guys, I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it brings eyes to the freaking sport. Yep, They're helping grow it. Absolutely. Absolutely. The new generation just sucks because that's 95% of the argument. Yeah, it you're, is. You're arguing with these young kids like, well, Kyle Busch shouldn't be doing this. And it's like, yeah. whatever, I ain't even fighting with you. Yep, you're you're absolutely, you're absolutely correct. It's just uh, a bunch of people being I ruined a friendship idiots. with a friend over this argument. Yeah, I see. Because he, he would post on social media, well, Kyle Busch shouldn't be doing this. I'm like, dude, if you was the owner of the team. Yes. And you had truckloads of talent and you knew okay i can get in this car and win wouldn't you get in to do it to help your not only your team but your whole company yes absolutely everybody would do that everybody would do that use it as an example if if i was to jump in a car you think a big money sponsor is going to come rolling out no but if they were to say well we're going to put kyle bush in the car take my money yes please Please, what do you guys want to need? You need money for the whole season? We got you. Yeah, hey, please. Yeah, you know exactly what, I mean? what it is. Yeah. Like, like you have owners' championships yep. in all these series from USAC to the World of Outlaws, mm-hmm. and they're all equally as prestigious. Yep. And they pay really good freaking money. Yep, absolutely. So, all right, moving on. Uh, I saved this one for when you got back because I wanted to make sure we talked about it, but we've uh, horsepower has been in the conversation a lot over the last few weeks, especially when we were doing all the short track races and stuff like that. Um, we've heard them say that for us to talk about NASCAR to go to 800 horsepower, we would have to start that development now for us just to get the parts. Well, Doug Yates came out and was like, look, we can go to 725 right now. Uh, just, change the the tapered spacer and the parts 
are essentially the same thing. It's what we're basically running. So should NASCAR take the advice of Doug Yates and just run 725 with the current parts right now and risk it for the rest of the season, hit or miss the mark? I think it hits the mark, but I wouldn't run it at every mile and a half. Maybe I'm with try you there. it at a couple just yeah. to see, because what if you what if you change it and it changes the whole landscape of everything going on, or if it changes the car for the bad? Yes. And then you're screwed. Then you look dumb. But if you come out and say, hey, like the COT car when it came out in 2007, I think, where they ran. Sprinkle it in. in. A, yeah. Mm-hmm. Run, run it either at a couple mile and a half, maybe a short track and a road course just to see what the differences are. Because I've been, uh, my biggest argument with this car is it's top level motorsports. This race car should be able to buzz the tires with just getting in the gas real quick. Yep. And it can't. That is yep. a problem. Tire wear is a problem, and the horsepower will help. Now, this ain't saying that you're going to have to change some other things on the car because I think you will. Yes, anytime you modify the horsepower, yeah. Anytime you anytime you modify horsepower, you're going to have to change. um, Specifically, when it comes to the adjustment side, right? If you add another 50, 75 horsepower to these cars, that's a big deal, and that's going to affect your your setups in terms of what you're running for a spring package and your aero package, right? What kind of platform you're trying to get on that car. I'm with you. I would like to see them do it just a few times. I think the all-star race at Wilkesboro would have been an excellent time for them to try this. Say, Hey man, we're taking the tapered spacer off. It's going to, or we're, we're running whatever it is. hundred percent. And it's going to be 750 horsepower, same downforce package. I think that this would have been the perfect race to do that. And and they'd have plenty of, time through the weekend to try it because they got mm-hmm. the practice they got the all-star open heat yep. races the all-star race yep and then if it works try it at the next short track and then try it at i'm trying to pull up the schedule here maybe try it at uh new hampshire richmond um, yeah yeah try it at a couple they, of short tracks and then, you, and then, then they could even Darlington. leave them yeah, they could even leave the 670 package for the mile and a halves, right? They could even do that because, like I said, when we've got the right track, it's been phenomenal racing. So you could even do that if they're worried about that. I think it would improve the short tracks. I do too. I think it would improve the short tracks and the road courses. You should not be – we've had, we talked about this at nauseum. You should not be able to dive it into the corner at Martinsville, shift down – and punch it. Literally go from no throttle to full throttle and the car go. That You should spin out. There's no way that that should hook up and go. I don't care what setup you're running on the car. Right? And that's what a lot of guys were doing. They weren't downshifting going into the corner, engine braking, and then driving out. No, they were literally getting to the apex of the corner, slamming it into third and punching it and driving off. That's yep. insane. And, and if you overdrove the, the corner, you'd Downshift again and grabbed another gear and left. Went hammer down and, yep. and no, no repercussion from it at all. Like you would never see the car get a little bit of sideways. Nothing. It stayed mm-hmm. planted, absolutely planted. Yep. So, so yeah, I'm with you. I wish they would try it a couple of times. They probably won't, how, but it would be nice. I mean, you you don't know how it's going to work if you don't freaking try it. Just exactly, try it. exactly. And when last thought on this, when you look at the the package that they had on the Gen 6 car, right? The year before they went to the next-gen car. What was the best racing? It was the short track 
and the road course. And what did they run? They ran the low down force 700. I think it was 750 horsepower package. That was hands down their best package. It was hands down the best racing. It was what started this whole short track evolution. Or we need more short tracks. We need more road courses. And now they bring this car in and they don't even run that package. They don't even run that much horsepower. So yeah, I would love to see them try it. Will they? Who knows? Probably not, at least this year. But I'll it makes for yeah, it makes interesting conversation. So, anyways, moving on. On the last lap of well, I should say not the last lap because it was technically a restart, but on the restart of Darlington this last weekend, Ross Chastain cost Kyle Larson yet another win on the season. Hit or miss the mark. I'm in between on this one because what Ross did to Kyle, Kyle did to Ross. And this is what people are forgetting. They're forgetting that Kyle squeezed Ross in the wall. Did he wreck him? No. But he squeezed he him. Squeezed him. He didn't leave him mm-hmm. no room. So Ross, in turn, did it to him, got the lead. Yellow came out. Yep. He did it again. I think Kyle was closer to him than what Ross expected, and they wrecked. It's going to happen. Now, do I say that it's hard to tell if he took the win because, I mean, coming down to the late stages of the race, anything could have happened. Hell, I'd wreck my grandma to win a race at dark. Um, I'm I'm not blaming solely on Ross. I blame both. Yeah, I, I, tango. <laughs> I think it was a, more of a racing deal. Um, Larson absolutely did that before to Ross on the restart. Ross did it back to Larson. Um, if you look at that the the wreck that happened, which which, which had Martin Trucks Jr. in it on the initial restart, where where Larson slid up into Ross, um, Trucks had hit. He was full wheel locked left, man. His his wheel would not turn anymore to the left, and the car just pushed right up into into yeah. the car outside of him. You know what I mean? That's how Darlington is. There's a reason why they basically run one groove through that, through one and two. And and here's what frustrates me to no end. And I'm glad you brought up the Martin Truex Jr. thing. Why aren't all these people throwing their hands up because Martin? Yeah. Because Martin doesn't have Ross's reputation. No, and and he doesn't. But I mean, it's no freaking different. It's not, but it's it's perception is reality i tell my son this all the time i say isaac people's perception is their reality the way they see things that's what is real to them okay that's all it is it's all there is to it i go people think you're a jerk in their eyes you're a jerk it doesn't matter if you're the nicest person on earth if they don't see it that way it doesn't matter it's the same thing with this Martin Truex Jr. is considered a stand-up guy, one of the most respected drivers in the garage, right? If he bumps into you, it is an accident. There is something that has happened. That was not intentional. On the flip side, Ross Chastain is not seen that way, right? People might have respect for him. They might even secretly be rooting for him, right? I mean, you have Denny who's like, I'm kind of liking the guy now, right? Like, I mean, but his reputation precedes him. And if Ross gets into you, whether it's your fault or not, it does not matter. Ross is the whipping boy. He's going to take the blame. So that's why you're not going to hear anything about Truex and you're going to hear about Ross because he's just got that reputation. Uh, I will say Ross is good for the sport. Absolutely. He he is great for the sport. 
right now where it's at. Um, I mean, you don't have any other type of racer like Ross right now for the good or for the bad, but he's bringing attention to the sport. Absolutely. I mean, the and man was on Pat McAfee's show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's but, it's amazing. It's amazing. So, yeah. Now, that being said, speaking of Ross, Ross Chastain should have at least three wins on this season alone. Hit or miss the mark. It definitely hits the mark. I think uh, Ross has definitely taken himself out of contention in some wins here this season um, by his own doing. Um Yes. Just by the way he's been racing, like he probably could have won at Darlington if he didn't pull <clears throat> the moves that he pulled. But yep, um, you live and learn, I guess. Yes, no, you're absolutely correct. Um, Ross has zero wins on this on this season. He has what two wins on his career, and those are the two wins he got last year. Yep. Uh, Ross should have a couple of wins this season already. You know, there was a couple of times where he should have wins. I mean, he should have at least at least two, if not three. Um, I personally think Kyle Larson should have four on the year. Uh, that caution doesn't come out at Darlington. He wins the race. I mean, there just to me, that's just the he was by far the best car at that point, um, in my opinion. You know, uh, obviously that didn't happen. William Byron won it. There was a race. What was it? A week or two ago. Um, you know, the whole Kansas thing. Danny beat him. That's all there is to it. Danny beat him. Um, Larson could have won it, but he didn't. And then the other race, I can't remember what where they were at, where Larson was the best car and got wrecked or whatever the hell it was. Um, but anyways, doesn't matter. Um, you have to close the deal. Shoulda, woulda, coulda, does not matter. You have to close the deal. William Byron has been able to close the deal this year. He's got three wins on the season. He's got the most wins on the season. Um, you look at Martin Trix Jr., right? He got that win. Dover, but last week at Darlington, the first half of the race, he was hands down the best car, and it wasn't even close. He was dominating that race. Then he gets back in dirty air. Yes, and then he gets back in dirty air, and he is just like everybody else. So you've got to close the deal. That's all there is to it. And Ross has not been able to close the deal. Now he's still in a very good position points wise. He's got five stage wins on the year. He's leading the points, and you know even in the projected playoff points right now which is early i think he's like second so he's still doing good but he should have a couple more wins in my opinion so yeah i'm i'm with you man he needs got to close that deal because right now he's missing he's missing some opportunities all right so that is going to do it for our hit or miss portion of the show um but before we get into our nascar pick'em, we've got a new segment that we're going to be doing here which is our dirt track recap so we talked about this a couple weeks ago wanting to do this dirt track recap because we just don't me and keith obviously love dirt racing we talk about it some but there's not as much big news on the dirt side um you know one of the things that drives the nascar stuff in our conversations is because there's way more news there's way more talking points we're not hearing every week whether or not the outlaw should have more horsepower right or whether they should change the tire or whether they should be fighting or whatever we don't hear that about the outlaws all the time we hear that constantly in nascar so 
We wanted to do this dirt track recap so we could basically cover all of the dirt racing news of the bigger series, obviously Outlaws, Lucas Oil, Late Model, All-Star, that type of stuff, um, with a couple you know, of the more big regional ones. So uh, a couple of things. We'll start with the Outlaw series. Brad Sweet, I had fun with this one, Keith. Uh, I sent my man, our man Jeremy up in PA, Mr. Beer Hill Gang Posse fan himself, sent him a message. <laughs> with a picture of Brad Sweet celebrating. Uh, Sweet beats the Outlaws at uh, at Williams Grove Morgan Cup, um, which was awesome because Brent Marks finished second. Loved it. Did you get to see that race? Sweet dominated. He led all 25 laps. Um, I did not. I, I kind of watched a little bit of the highlights. Don't surprise me that he won at Williams Grove, though. No, it was, it, it was really cool because... If you remember, what was it? Last year, he got his first win at Williams Grove, I think. I think it was like his first win. Like, it was a track he had not done very well at. Had ran there like 40 times, and now he's like super fast there. So, yeah. Sweet gets the win at Williams Grove um, uh, for the Morgan Cup. Now, the uh, if I'm remembering correctly, the other one. The Gettysburg Clash. Yeah. Was won by Anthony Macri. Was won so, by Macri, yeah. So the posse started out with the first. Yeah, lap, they got the first one. They got they got Lincoln, got that, and then Sweet got um, Morgan Cup. Now they're going to be uh, where are they running this weekend? They're going to be at Attica, which um, should be pretty good. But yeah, so they're going to be going to Attica. Uh, High limit sprint car series. Kyle Larson got the win at Wayne County. No surprise there. Uh, Larson's actually leading Macri in points. Um. I don't know. Did did Macri say if he was going to be running the full high limit season for points? Um, I don't remember. I don't remember neither. But I'm trying to think because you know if you look at the points right now, it's Larson's leading, and you got Macri, Brian Brown, Justin Sanders, Tyler Courtney, Rico Abreu, Brent Marks, Justin Peck, Buddy Kofoy, and Parker Price Miller. That's your top ten. They're essentially running like once every couple weeks it's like once a month basically so it's definitely a series that is easier to run um for points especially even if you are a pot you know a pa posse guy where you're not leaving the state that often so and i tell you what that that those races have been exciting over they have been they've been been really really good good yeah like I, i gotta give a big pat on the back my buddy my good buddy uh, Chase Randall started on the pull in the feature and I was, I was praying like hell that he'd pull it off. And he, you know, <laughs> he unfortunately didn't. And then no. blew a tire and junked a car. That, yep. that poor kid can't catch any luck, but he, uh, he looked really good. He looked really good in his dash. I, I thought, thought he'd have something for old Larson, but he's a wily vet. You, there's no getting Kyle. Yeah. That's if he wrecks out or blows an engine. Exactly. Exactly. So, and and what I liked in the race Tuesday night is Brian Brown and I think it was Brent Marks both started in the back and ended up finishing. One was in the top five and one was just outside of the top five. That's freaking exciting. Oh yeah, definitely. Like Absolutely. Brian Brown ain't no slouch. No, no, it, no, no, no. Uh. Uh-uh. That that's some that's some hell of some amazing driving, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's been the high limit sprint car series has been really good racing, man. It's been in, really good this year. And another bright spot from Tuesday night is 
our dude Chris Wyndham from the non-wing. Mm-hmm. He looked freaking good. Yep. And I think you're going to be seeing... I was like, is that a different Chris Wyndham? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when you look at, you know, Sheldon Hoddenshield finished ninth, James McFadden finished 10th, you know, Rico Abreu fifth. I mean, these are some big guys that he's beat. You know what I mean? Wyndham beat some heavy hitters. So, yeah. Uh, really cool to see um, him do as well as he did because, yeah, those, those high limit races have been... Um, they've been literally like all-star races. I mean, you really think about it. There's top guys I, coming out for them. I, I think they've put on better racing than the outlaw so far. And that's, that's no notch to, to the outlaw series. I mean, they're the best of the best, but damn, you mm-hmm. just can't. I've not seen a bad race with a high limit series yet. No. Mm-mm. So they will be going to tri city next here in a couple of weeks. Um, definitely going to be looking forward to that and you can watch that on flow racing. So be looking forward to that. So next up, we've got the all-star circuit of champions. Tyler Courtney, once again, is still leading the points over Hunter Schurenberg and he got the win at Wilmont raceway, uh, over Chris Windham and Hunter Schurenberg. Um, I didn't get to watch this full race. I watched the highlights of it. Actually, a pretty good race. Tyler Courtney ceases to amaze me in these sprint cars, man. Um, obviously, we know the dude can drive. I mean, he was phenomenal in USAC. But to come in to the wing racing the way that he has and run the All-Star Series the way that he has and to be as successful as he has been, it's been pretty incredible, um, you know. Say what you will about the all-star sir, the all-star circuit of uh, champions, but those are legit sprint car drivers, man. Yeah. You know, those guys are legit. Yeah, it's you're not racing Donnie Schatz and Brad Sweet every race, but you know, there's Wyndham's out there, Schurenberg, you got Tim Schaefer, Cy Lynch, right? Parker Price Miller. There's very, very good sprint car drivers that are running in that series consistently. So And and I think this year is I'm going to go out and say it. I think Chris Wyndham has a breakout year in a wing car this year. Um, you know, there's been a couple people like, man, he just sucks. He, he needs to get out of the wing car. Well, no, he doesn't. Because Tyler Courtney did it from the non-wing stuff to the wing stuff doesn't mean Chris Wyndham can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it takes some guys a little bit longer to get adapted to the car, to, to learn how to drive it. Um, and, and I really think, man, Wyndham looked freaking good and the last three maybe four wing races that i've watched that he's been in and i think he's starting to turn that corner he is he's definitely getting better he's definitely getting better i mean it, it's just it's funny to me looking at these points where tyler courtney of course is leading then hunter Schermberg. hunter Schermberg, i used to race non-wing sprint cars with him here in indiana and it, it's it's funny seeing those two guys leading the points knowing some of them are two non-wing guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy, man. It's so so crazy that that's and and it's even funnier because Hunter Schoenberg's crew chief is a non-wing guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. No, I I actually time, think the the non-wing stuff helps, man. I really do. I think it helps with car control. I, I really absolutely do. car and throttle control. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yep. So. Yeah, so good racing out of the Lucas, uh, or not the Lucas Oil, the uh, All Star Circuit of Champions. Moving on to the Lucas Oil Late Model Series, 
Brandon Shepard got the win at the Farmer City 74. This was actually, if you did not watch this late model race, uh, go watch the replay of it because it was really good. Um, you've got three of the top four moved up double digits, okay, in terms of their position. So Brandon Shepard got the win. He started 14th, okay, finished first. Then you got Gordy Gundiger, who started second, finished second. Third place was Brian Shirley. He started 18th. Fourth place was Ricky Thornton Jr. He started 21st. Okay. Think about that. <laughs> they moved up like 20, I think it was, no, 30, like 34 positions total. Shepard, Shirley, and Thornton Jr. moved up like 34 positions total. It was insane. And in, in, in a late model right in a late model much bigger much harder to pass so it was a really really cool um race i enjoyed it um i am i am a big brandon shepherd fan on the late model side um i obviously i like davenport i like you know you know i don't have a favorite driver i just um i really for some reason i've always just really taken to brandon shepherd i really like the guy um he's just done really good and to see him get a win uh, like I said, at, at the farmer city 74 and to do it the way that he did it right to start 14th and get the win is pretty cool. That is, that is insane. No, my, uh, I used to have a favorite late model racer. I know I'm going to get beat up for this. Yes. <laughs> I used to like late model racing, <laughs> but, uh, I used to be a huge Jeep band warmer fan and, uh, I don't think he really races anymore. No. If he does, I don't really pay attention. Then I'm, I've not really paid attention to late model racing. Yeah. I still like late models. I do, man. Um, I like they them. Yeah. Some good races. They there's, do. There's some tracks where I can sit down and watch them. And then there's just some where it's just like, this is boring. Yeah. Yeah. Now I like the late models, man, but I'm with you that I like them at certain tracks over others. Um, you like know, I could sit down and watch a, a 50 lap feature late model race at, at a short track. And yeah. You start getting into the bigger three, eight miles. I think they start getting a little dull. I think to my yeah, life. I like them. I like them. At, I, I think you're right. There are a few half miles. I do like them. At. I mean, obviously yeah, when you I, go to I Eldora like and stuff, yeah, yeah. everything's good at Eldora, but, um, you know, th you're right. I do like them at some of the shorter tracks and the bigger tracks, depending on what they are. So, so yeah, but it's on my bucket list to either go to the world 100 or the dream. I yeah. want to go to either one of them. Don't care which one, just one of them. Mm -hmm. So all right, well, moving on, we got one more regional series that we're going to talk about, which is out here in California, the King of the West 410 Sprint Car Series. Um, and I'm actually talking about this one because of this last weekend, who won the, uh, what we had was the Peter Murphy Classic, which is the, um, with the SCCT Sprint Car Championship Tour that they've got down here. Um, so they're running 410s and 360s. Uh, the four tens is obviously the big series. Uh, night number one went to Corey day. James McFadden was out there running. Okay. He came out and ran. Remember Roth got suspended. And so they were out running here in California with the King of the West series in this big money event, right? It was 11,000 to win. And then night number two went to Dominic Selzy. Now, the reason why I want to really talk about this has to do with night number one and Corey Day. So if you look at the King of the West series right now, they have ran a total of six races. Okay. 
Three of them have been won by Dom, uh, Corey Day. Two of them by Dominic Selzy. A buddy of mine was actually down there running. Um, he has a couple of sprint cars he's running. He is, I see him almost every day. Um, used to run outlaw carts with them. Uh, he raced with Sweet and Larson. He actually raced a whole lot more with those guys, not just outlaw carts like me. But he was down there and he was talking about Corey Day. Uh, and I was pretty shocked at what he said. Now, his name, his, my buddy's name is Kyle. And he was telling me that this weekend he was sold. He said, Corey Day, somebody mentioned that they thought Corey Day was the next Kyle Larson. This guy said, Corey Day is going to be better than Kyle Larson, which I was shocked to hear that, to hear him say that. You got to understand, coming from Northern California, and to have Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet both come out of this basically the same area as us, and we raced against them, watched them come up. Those guys are like, they walk on water, right? Like, that's just how it is. You know what I mean? It's like people, you know, it's like down in, you know, in North Carolina, North Carolina and Kannapolis, right? Dale Earnhardt's going to walk on water because he put that no-nothing town on the map, okay? So it's the same type of thing. We have a lot of good drivers that have come from California, but those two are kind of our banner carriers. You know what I mean? For someone to say, who knows what he's talking about? Let me, this guy, Kyle, he knows what he's talking about. He's done sprint car racing his whole life. For him to say that he thinks Corey Day is going to be better than Kyle Larson, I was pretty shocked by that. And if you go watch the race, he passed James McFadden like McFadden was in reverse. It was insane. Um, that track at Hanford was incredible. There was a huge cushion, and Corey Day pounded that thing like there was no other. He's 16. He's a kid. And I think he is somebody we're going to be seeing on the Outlaw Tour um, in just a couple of years once he's once he's eligible to run it. So, Keith, what what are your thoughts? Have you seen Corey Day race much? He's ran I've he watched, ran with the Outlaws during the California swing. I watched him, I think, midget week. He ran a midget for Clausen, and he looked pretty freaking good. Like he he's a racer. He's, he's absolutely a, a racer. He and, is. And I've seen him a couple times in a wing car and ha, I would bet on him. I would I too. Bet on a race and he was in it. I would put money on him. Yep. I would too. Um, you know, his dad, obviously I grew up watching his dad. Um, Ronnie day, Ronnie day used to run midgets and sprint cars for a couple of the teams that I worked for out here. And, uh, I think his son is already as good, if not better than his dad was, um, which is really saying something, you know, I, Ronnie day was a stud out here and, um, his son is, he's ridiculous, man. So I was shocked by that statement. Um, but when I went back and re, cause I had already seen the race and I went back and rewatched the whole replay. Um, uh, I was like, man, I can kind of see what he's saying. You know, because he was like, look, Larson could have been there running. He wasn't beating Corey Day that night. And I was like, yeah, I think you're right, Kyle. So uh, really, really interesting. But anyways, that is our dirt track recap. Now, before we wrap things up with our Ask 3 Wide, we are going to do our NASCAR pick em. We didn't get a chance to do it last week um, because we had... You know, my man Keith was was sick, but but and this is a big but we were actually going to take this week off. We were going to take this week off because this week is the all stars. But here's what we're going to do. Since 
you were out last week, Keith. What we're going to do is for the all-star race, we're going to do a wild card round so we can pick any driver we want for the all-star race. Any oh, driver I we want. Even if we've already picked them, we can pick them. Well, that, that makes it easier on me because I got a couple guys that I've used that <laughs> I could probably use again, thank God. So, who do you want? Man, the guy I really want to pick has to come out of the open. So, I don't, I don't know. And you could probably guess who I'm talking about already. It's just a matter of him getting out of the open. So, what would happen then? Like, if I was to pick him and him not make it through the open or the fan vote, then he's got to be in the all. Zero? He's got to be in the fi final all star race. Yeah, if my guy yeah. is in it and yours isn't, then yeah. I tell you what, what I'll do, what we'll do is this: if you, you pick someone in the open and they make the race, that'll be a that'll be a bonus. To we'll give you, uh, a, we'll give you the same as a bonus win. So you'll get two bonus points if your driver comes from the open into the main race. I'll take Josh Berry. Josh Berry, huh? Yep. All right. So you're going to take Josh Berry. And just so you know, you did beat me two weeks ago at Kansas. You had Chastain. I had Kyle Busch. Chastain beat Kyle Busch. And right. I almost took Hamlin, too. That's, that's <laughs> what's funny. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's so interesting because of the track. I mean, we don't really have any type of uh you know measuring stick for north wilkesboro these teams have never been here i've been trying to think about well who could i pick that they've been on a track that's close to it you know i am gonna go with kevin harvick i like it just because that's it's a short track harvick is actually going to be running a cars tour race there um i you know, it's the all-star race. I think he obviously wants to go out with the bang. And uh, yeah, so we're going to pick Kevin. He's Harper. running the throwback. He's bringing He's the running. 29 back. That's right. So that was going to be my second pick. Cause I yep. didn't, I didn't know he was going to go first. Yep. Um, but uh, no, I, I, I listened to Dale Jr.'s podcast coming home this morning. They were talking about the practices for the cars tour and just listen to Josh Berry talk. Cause that's who, he was the crew chief on Dale Jr.'s mm -hmm. Cars Tour, the late model stock that they raced last night. And yeah. just listening to him talk, and, and Josh has experience at these beat-up old racetracks. So. Yeah. But then again, Kevin Harvick's got the, the vet savviness of knowing how to save tires, because that's going to be a thing, I Yes, think. it is. I'm with you. I think so, too. I think so, too. May the best man win, but I got to get out of the open first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, if you do, you get two bonus points right there. It doesn't even matter if you beat me or not. And you're so, you're already spanking me on this. You're up 20 points on me on the season. I've, I've not seen the format for the all-star race. Are they still doing like three stages in the all, in the open and the so, winner stage moves on? I know that's how they used to do it. Yeah, I don't... I've I don't, spent the last 10 minutes trying to find it and I can't find it. Yeah, it, I know it's supposed to be a little bit different this year because it's Wilkesboro, but I don't know exactly 
how different because I'm with you. I have not seen an actual full layout of what it's going to be like. Um, I just, I, they haven't shown us anything, so I don't right. know. So the pit crew, they're going to have a pit crew challenge. Yes. That will, that will decide qualifying. Yes, which is cool. I actually like that they're doing that again. They're going to do the all-star race heat races. Also, so that, is that for the open? No, the open. Okay, so the all-star open 100 laps competition break on or around lap 40, top two finishers transfer to the all-star race and the the uh, fan boat. So three. Three okay. will come out of the open. Nice. I think he can finish second or win. Yes, I do too. Definitely. Definitely. So okay, well I, I uh, I'm feeling good about my pick. I think I, I feel think good about both of our picks, really, yeah, really I do. do. And so. then hopefully, hopefully next week or the week after, we'll have some news to talk about Josh Berry. Hopefully, yeah. That'll be a, yeah, that'll be nice. So, yeah, hopefully we'll get something. But all right, so to wrap up today's show, we've got an ask three wide question from um. Timmy, Timmy, those of you who've seen South Park will get that reference. But anyways, uh, got a question from Timmy. So this actually came in last week uh, and I said during the pot, I didn't want to do this without Keith because it was such a cool question. So he said, Tommy, Keith, if you guys came into money and you could start a NASCAR team and a World of Outlaws sprint car team, which driver would you pick for each? Thanks. I thought that was a really interesting question. So essentially, we're going to start a World of Outlaws sprint car team and a NASCAR cup team, all right? We can pick any driver we want to to start those teams off with. Who are you picking? Well, I think for my outlaw team, I'd probably call David Gravel. I'd call David Gravel. Have him. Nice. Have him drive it. He's got the. He's been in a wing car forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the feedback from him would be um, beneficial. Yes. And would. then on the NASCAR side, I'm going to assume this is with the next gen car. Yes. Yes, it's with the current car. Ooh, this this is tough. Give me one second, because I gotta think about it now. I would I'd I'd have Denny Hamlin. I'd hire Denny Hamlin. That's a good one, I like it. He would uh he's he's a current owner, so I could get some feedback from him on that. Yeah, veteran presence, I like that. And he's a veteran race car driver. So that way he could he could quarterback the uh the team here and mm-hmm. get the ship in the right direction. That's nice. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. That's a, that's smart. That's a way better than that's a much smarter, a lot more thought than I put into it. So, well, um, I was going to go <laughs> Kyle Larson with both and just go for it. But. Well, for my sprint car team, we actually just talked about him. Uh, I'm going with Corey day. Uh, he's, a, I like it. he's a, like I said, I think he's going to be, you know, I, I did. I wasn't putting him at that Kyle Larson level, but for for my my buddy Kyle, another Kyle, to say that um, 
with the knowledge and experience that he has. I I would uh, I would go with Corey Day just because if he's only 16, 17 years old. If you could get him on the Outlaw Tour and have a couple of years with them, I think you could go on a very long, successful run with them. And and here here's another thought that I probably should have put in on the sprint car side. Being that we have experience with sprint car racing, mm-hmm. it ain't like you would need somebody with a, a shitload of attend of of uh, my mind is drawing a blank um experience yeah to put behind the wheel of the car. So you could go with the Corey Day and mm-hmm. it could either pay off. Have him or take his lumps off. for a couple yeah, have him take <laughs> yeah, his lumps I mean, for a couple of seasons and still then he's only nineteen, twenty and, and, years old and <laughs> And say if I was you and I pulled that move, I got billions of dollars in the bank, mm-hmm. no no fucks to really give. I'm I'm living like Ross Chastain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you could give a guy like Corey Day time. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's a smart move. I like that. I should yeah. fucking went that way with yeah. chance to wrangle, but yeah. here we are. Yep. And for my cup team, I'm picking Kyle Larson just because um, he's good. And then I could also send him to my sprint car team and have him help Corey. Davis. <laughs> that's why I'm picking oh. Kyle Larson. <laughs> then he doesn't know, but it's in his contract. He's yeah. going to have to try. He doesn't know. He's going <laughs> to be pulling an Alex Bowman and learning sprint car racing on the weekends. I'm going to pull so. that whole. I'm going to pull that whole. Well, you sign the contract and then I'm going to slip that other sheet of paper in the very exactly. back of it. <laughs> And be like, well, yeah. Denny, look, look, now you got to yeah. do this too. Yeah, you didn't see that carbon copy in the back there, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, zoom it, zoom it way out to where the words are real small and you can't see them. Yeah, <laughs> super fine print. <laughs> the the so, fine print actually in the logo. He just there you go. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our that's our picks for that. But thanks, thank you, Timmy. That was a really uh good question. I, his name's actually Tim. Like I was calling him Timmy as a joke. I'm so, sorry. sorry about that. But thanks, Tim. <laughs> Appreciate the email, man. Uh, but if you guys want to write in and ask us a question, any type of question, uh, whether I don't know, life racing, whatever, you can send it to ask three wide at gmail.com. That's ask the number three wide at gmail.com. Um, yeah, so yeah. always, always was, fun. That was one yeah. of the better questions. I had yeah, fun. That was interesting. Yeah. That was a, I Tim, never thought about another that. one just yeah. like that. <laughs> Come up with another racing mind bender for us. So, but you guys, that's going to do it all for this week's show. Uh, longer than normal, but yeah, we had a lot to cover with, with Keith being out last week and a bunch of stuff going on. So we got the all-star all-star racing coming up. Um, I think think was last night i i was so busy with work was last night all the late model racing yeah so last night was the late model stock yeah they ran the cars tour and the the super late models and all that stuff i think last night kevin harvick actually beat dale jr yep well there was a bunch of cup guys running daniel suarez was running in the super late models i think um you had uh chase jr chase briscoe yeah harvick Harvick, Keslowski, yeah. I mean, there was a few of them. So Eric Jones, mm-hmm. um, there, there was a, there was a good, a good bunch of them. And the highlights that I watched of the race, it, it was a really good race. Yeah, like I'm, I'm remotely excited for the weekend. Yeah, I am too. I am too. I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, it should and, be a fun you know, weekend. I'm curious to see where Kevin Harvick goes with this late model stock car. Because I, I think I we're gonna think... see him race it. I know he's racing it one more time at Caraway Speedway. 
But let, let's let's be real here. He didn't buy this car to race it twice. No. Uh-uh. That man's got something up his sleeve because I know he purchased a car and then gave Rodney Childers open book to do whatever you want. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I think he'll be running it some. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Keelan in it here in a, a couple of years. I almost wouldn't be surprised if Kevin Harvick Incorporated came back in a late model stock series. Yeah. With the first tour. Yep. So, but yeah, interesting stuff. We'll definitely, definitely keep our eyes on it. But yeah, that's going to do it all for this week. Thank you very much as always for joining us. Please download, share, subscribe, like all that other good stuff. Get it out there to your friends, your family, your foes. We don't care. Just get it out there. Keep doing what you're doing. The show's growing. Even if it's only a couple of people a week, doesn't matter. Slow and steady wins the race. So, Keep doing what you're doing, and Keith and I will be back here next week to do it all over again. So, Keith, my man, have a good weekend. I'll be at work, so I will not. (laughs) I'll be working, too. I'll be working, too. So have a good weekend as best as you can, and uh, I will, my man. And uh, until next week, as always, take care.